0: Tech Talk, Tech Talk, with Jess Kelly, with OneSonic, high definition audio noise cancelling headphones designed in Ireland, visit OneSonic.com. This
1: is News Talk.
2: welcome to tech talk jess kelly with you here on news talk coming up over the next hour facebook is now meta what does that rebrand mean and what impact will it have on the mounting issues facing the company john riley will have a rundown on the latest gaming news from playstation we'll talk through the impressive google pixel 6 and i'll chat to the company looking to make your tech purchases greener whilst also saving you money as always, you can email the show, techtalk at newstalk.com, or you'll find me on Twitter at NT Now, I think it's only right that we start with this.
3: Now looking at and reporting on our business as two different segments. One for our family of apps, and one for our work on future platforms. And as part of this, it is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our mission remains the same. It's still about bringing people together. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. And we are still the company that designs technology around people. But now we have a new North Star to help bring the metaverse to life. And we have a new name That reflects the full breadth of what we do and the future that we want to help build from now on we're going to be metaverse first not facebook first
2: that is mark zuckerberg ceo of meta the parent company of facebook whatsapp instagram and oculus the rebrand of facebook inc was announced on thursday afternoon and bookends what was a very turbulent month for the company You may remember the massive outage that took place on October 5th. That saw all Facebook products go offline for around six hours. The following day, a former Facebook employee turned whistleblower Frances Haugen appeared before US Congress to discuss documents she leaked from the company. Sections of her testimony were incredibly damaging to Facebook. Here is just some of her opening statement before Congress.
4: But I'm here today because I believe Facebook's products harm children division and weaken our democracy. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. During my time at Facebook, I came to realize a devastating truth. Almost no one outside of Facebook knows what happens inside of Facebook. The company intentionally hides vital information from the public, from the US government, and from governments around the world. The documents I have provided to Congress prove that Facebook has repeatedly misled the public about what its own research reveals about the safety of children, the efficacy of its artificial intelligence systems, and its role in spreading divisive and extreme messages. I came forward because I believe that every human being deserves the dignity of the truth. We can afford nothing less than full transparency. Left alone, Facebook will continue to make choices that go against the common good our common good. When we realized big tobacco was hiding the harms it caused, the government took action. When we figured out cars were safer with seat belts, the government took action. And when our government learned that opioids were taking lives, the government took action. I implore you to do the same here. Today, Facebook shapes our perception of the world by choosing the information we see. Even those who don't use Facebook are impacted by the majority who do. A company with such frightening influence over so many people, over their deepest thoughts, feelings and behavior, needs real oversight.
2: One of the points that she highlighted and it gained serious traction related to the impact of Instagram on
4: teenage girls. Senator Ted Cruz focused on this point and asked Hogan to explain it a little bit further. Engagement based ranking and these processes of amplification, uh, they, they impact all users of Facebook. The algorithms are very smart in the sense that they latch on to things that people want to continue to engage with, and unfortunately, in the case of teen girls and things like self-harm, they develop these feedback cycles where children are using Instagram as to self-soothe, but then are exposed to more and more content that makes them hate themselves. This is a thing where we can't say 80% of kids are okay. We need to say, how do we save all the kids?
5: The Wall Street Journal reported that Mark Zuckerberg was
3: personally aware of this research. Do you have any information one way or the other as to Mr. Zuckerberg's mm-hmm. awareness of the research?
4: One of the documents included in the disclosures it details something called Project Daisy, which is an initiative to remove likes off of Instagram. The internal research showed that removing likes off Instagram is not effective as long as you leave comments on those posts. And yet the research directly presented to Mark Zuckerberg said... We should still pursue this as a feature to launch, even though it's not effective, because the government, journalists, and academics want us to do this. Like, it would get us positive points with the public. That kind of duplicity is why we need to have more transparency and why, if we want to have a system that is uh, coherent with democracy, we must have public oversight from Congress.
2: Yeah, there is no two ways about it. All of this is massively concerning. A spokesperson for Meta gave me the following statement on Wednesday. At the heart of these stories is a premise which is false. Yes, we're a business and we make a profit, but the idea that we do so at the expense of people's safety or well-being misunderstands where our own commercial interests lie. The truth is we're on track to spend more than $5 billion this year alone on safety and security and have over 40,000 people to do one job keep people safe on Facebook. We've heard multiple calls for legislations across the board, including from Mark Zuckerberg himself. I spoke to Dr. Owen O'Dell, the Associate Professor of Law at Trinity College in Dublin, who said that legislation is most definitely on the way.
1: There are some proposals in the US Congress that last week's hearings are going to unlock, I think. There are, there's a lot of legislation pending in Brussels, in London and in Dublin. This week's hearings in London are going to uh, reinforce that. So I think we're definitely going to see legislation sooner rather than later. There are two big things that these various proposals are likely to do. One is to revisit the original settlement by which those platforms are not liable for various postings on their sites. It is the the basis on which Facebook has built its uh, current business model, um, and it's being chipped away at both in Washington and in Brussels. So the first thing will be to make Facebook more liable for content in increasing circumstances. The second thing in the UK is to uh, focus on additional restrictions, focusing on uh, content that might not be necessarily illegal, but is clearly harmful, in respect of which the social media platforms will be given a duty to take reasonable care, and if they breach that duty, that they might then face some sanctions. Now, uh, in Ireland, uh, the Online Safety and Media Regulation Bill intends to beef up the BAI and create a new media commission which will have greater regulatory powers uh, to deal with um, social media platforms as well as traditional broadcasters. On the other hand, the problem is that if you over-regulate, then you potentially run into um, constitutional concerns, especially around freedom of expression. And so the legislation is going to have to be very carefully drafted to achieve the outcome without being unconstitutional.
2: In terms of enforcing this, you know, at the moment, Facebook can pay out multi-million, multi-hundreds of millions of euro in fines and so on. Money isn't a, a, a barrier for them. So will the fines and the penalties have to be more than just financial?
1: Yes, um, as, we, as we have seen with uh, very large data companies, um, uh, very large fines seem to make very little difference. Um, so the, the, the fines are important, but they are not the only potential measure in the armory. Um, when, when it comes to uh, toxic speech, for example, uh, important powers to ensure that it, it gets taken down and taken down expeditiously are, are very important. Um, we have seen that in respect of the... Um, uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal. The uh, Washington D.C. Attorney General has joined the um, has joined Mark Zuckerberg uh, as a defendant in the criminal complaint uh, being taken in uh, by by the uh, Washington Attorney General in respect of the Facebook Analytica uh, scandal on Facebook. So uh, personal uh, personal responsibility uh, on the part of directors. Um, Daily fines uh, for failure to rectify um, is uh, one of the additional sets of remedies being considered uh, in Brussels at the moment um, on, in the uh, Digital Services Act and the Digital Market Act. Um, uh, package of reforms, and they too will concentrate the mind. It's one thing to have a very large single fine, it's quite another to have daily fines on an ongoing basis for your failure to reform. And finally, um the, the key thing here with all of these companies is the data. So if there are restrictions on the use of the data, if there are restrictions on the publication of the data, if there are restrictions um, on what Facebook can actually do, that will matter far more than the fines. Um, and these are being looked at as well.
2: That is Dr. O'Nodell of Trinity College, Dublin. Emmett Ryan, the technology editor of the Business Post, joins me now. Um, Emmett, what do you reckon the thinking is behind this rebrand?
6: Yeah, the, 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 the toughest part really to answer, Jess, is the why now part, to be honest. Because obviously there's all the sort of controversies around Facebook. Well, I don't think it was quite that, despite thinking they are obviously major deals, that uh, he chose now. I think there's a few things. The big one for me is that he's looking to the future, and that he knows Facebook sort of changed things for a lot of other businesses that had to adapt to their ways. And for all the various things we can say about Mark Zuckerberg, he's a smart guy. And he knows that someone might come along in a future tech space that could do to Facebook what he did to other aspects, basically. And he might be thinking, well, we can get ahead of it by being the hub, the owner of that in many respects. There's also, I suppose, the part when it comes to hiring people in that. Some people just, frankly, feel a bit awkward about working for Facebook because the, the name has a toxicity. They don't want to go out to the pub and say who they work for. Or if they say they work for Meta, that'll go over most people's heads. And um, it's, I suppose, becoming more of a norm for these like multi-platform tech companies as well to have a holding company name because obviously Google. We still all call it Google, but you know it's part of the Alphabet company now, which c- controls all the other Google properties like YouTube, etc. So there is that but yeah like it's a terrible name like let's get let's just get to the point Met is awful (laughs) I mean it's it's absolutely awful uh but I think that's part of what he was kind of hoping like it's a distraction from all the other stuff people are talking about the name and all the other stuff which we're going to get into in this chat about what he's trying to do with it but yeah like it's just so bland and it's so so generic like you know it's uh and, and obviously people use Met in an ironic way most of the time these days so I I don't know what they were thinking. They said, I saw online there. uh, Now, I haven't confirmed it with two sources, so I can't be fully certain, but it seems to be a statement from Facebook themselves saying there was no outside agency used for the name. That was the name chosen internally. uh, that They came up with themselves. Uh, And I'm starting to think, maybe they should have hired an outside agency.
2: Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's reasoning, it it was uh, to do with the, the Greek meaning. So it's about beyond because they're looking beyond what exists at the moment and they're looking to the future. And I think... You know, I think if Facebook didn't have all the issues that they have going on at the moment, we could be more intrigued by it, more excited by it. But as we heard here at the top of the show, when we played clips of Francis Hawking before uh, US Congress and UK Parliament, you know, Facebook, as it was up until Thursday night, had a huge number of issues on its plate. And Meta now today still has those issues. Nothing has changed in that regard at all.
6: And if anything, they've shown what the potential future issues are, like it was a 90 minute, very dull presentation that, uh, well not necessarily dull, that's probably the wrong word but like very irrelevant presentation, I would say that eventually led to us getting the new name for the company, Uh, you know, it's like, so for those of you who sat through it like Jess and I did, like, you know fair play to you because we all suffered together uh, through that because it was gross. Like, so it was basically this new company uh, he's tried to build is, he's become more and more obsessed with the VR and AR side of things over the years. Just, you know, well, and most of your listeners do as well. And He's just trying to get more into that. So the plan is like that they're, you know, not necessarily the next, but in the near future, they'll have a version of the Ray-Ban stories, which will actually be fully augmented. So you'll have an on, on, an on-screen display for yourself as well that you can have. And he wants to have this sort of more virtual world, but it was showing all these avatars and stuff. And it still felt like, Wasn't Second Life 14 years ago and he got bored with it. You know, it's like it's it sort of has that vibe to it of like, you know, it's like people have tried the whole make us all work and live in a virtual environment, but there are so many things. I remember virtual reality gaming is quite big and it's growing, although it's still nowhere near as big as other most other platforms of gaming. But there's a reason that we still like the real physical world and that's mostly because we can't fully immerse ourselves virtually for for all the desire that Zuckerberg had in his talk yesterday to say we were fully immersing like I can feel my feet on the ground now I can feel my elbows on the table Uh, these are matters which you know throwing on a headset is not going to change and you know we are like many many generations away from the situation where my whole body can feel like it's in whatever virtual environment I'm in and like even if there's a small part of your body which doesn't feel like it, that's enough to detach you and make you realize that well, reality is different and it's just easier.
2: Yeah, like I I, I I am interested and intrigued by the notion of a metaverse, but I'm so reluctant to let it overshadow the issues that we've heard quite extensively over the last number of weeks about Facebook, the internal research that showed, uh, according to Francis Hawkin, that Facebook made decisions. Uh, based on profits rather than well being. That was her allegation and assertion that she's made numerous times now. I wonder did Facebook make a boo boo by doing this rebrand now at the end of the month that started so badly for them?
6: I think so, especially as they holy, holy, holy skipped over all the various things. And you touched on them very well there that have them in the news for like bad reasons right now. You know, they didn't even glance at the troubles they're having. And that's just an issue, like right there, because like, the only times they even ad- addressed something semi-controversially, there was a bit where they didn't name or refer to Apple and their battle with them because of the access to the App Store and the cost of that. So that was obviously trying to play Facebook up as the you know, the, the plucky victim. Uh, and uh, there was also the small matter of him saying how they've been humbled, but not by all the various bad things. But then there was this bizarre point for the, during a the presentation where it was uh, Zuckerberg and Clegg sort of interviewing each other, saying how, oh, no, the metaverse will be fine, because in the past, as in right now, really, uh, you know, legislation couldn't keep up with technology, and that was the entire problem, whereas now the metaverse, as we know, is going to be so far away. Sure, legislation has loads of time to be ready for that. And you know that was part where I groaned. I groaned loudest at the announcement of the name, but I groaned at that because lads, that's not what's going to happen. And also, you know, you've got enough problems on your plate. Like yes, you should be planning for the future of your business, of your business, no matter what business you are. But to be talking about that aspect of you know how you can build in privacy and security and all that uh, into this now, while ignoring the privacy and security and safety issues that are very openly in the news about the same organisation, felt very daft to me, Jess altogether.
2: Yeah, like I hate the word optics and I hate talking about optics, but the optics of this are just not great. And I think it. you know, we, we hear a lot about trust and, you know, the, do people trust certain brands, certain companies and so on? And I would be intrigued to know what level of trust is there towards Facebook or Meta at the moment. And if people would trust and feel confident in Facebook building an entire new reality, a new iteration of the Internet, when they've made such a balls of the one that already exists today.
6: Yeah, and like, that's exactly, you've hit it on the head there, because like, my first thought was, well, I'm really interested in, you know, the virtual environments and all that, because I'm an early adopter of all these sort of things. I wouldn't necessarily hang around for them. Like, I sadly have not become a big TikToker. Sorry to all the great listeners of your show here for not being able to enjoy my TikToks that I don't make. But, um, you know, I, I try all these things out early. And I just have this little bit of, do I really want to be logging into something on the reg where I know Facebook are basically, you know, they'll be telling me I'm keeping everything and it's all mine. But there is that bit in the back of my head kind of going, yeah, but is it? You know, and it's like it's just a yeah, but is it question, like whatever no matter what they say, I'm kinda of going, yeah, but is it? And that's not a good place to be in, because that shows a there's a fundamental trust issue when pretty much everything they say gets a yeah, but is it from me. Uh, like that's, that's pretty normal like we obviously are more embedded in how we cover these things in terms of sort of we're, we're eat, eating, breathing, sleeping tech but like the average person kind of goes oh yeah this Facebook crowd like you know, the, the, you know they, the people who wouldn't be as involved Facebook have that position right now in terms of their identity and that it's sort of ah yeah like just like there's this little bit of I'll, I'll avoid that from a lot of people so like Zuckerberg's predicting like a billion people in the metaverse in the next decade and hundreds of billions of dollars in commerce I'm kind of going that might be possible but i'm not sure all that many of them are going to be okay doing it with you
2: yeah but that's the funny thing like i was talking to anton savage on wednesday on the hard shoulder and you know 2.9 billion people are on facebook as many of these scandals as we've had in the last number of years they still have really high daily weekly monthly active users across each of their platforms so as much as we kind of give out about it, it doesn't seem like people are ditching them.
6: Yeah, although I always question, like, you know, sort of when we get the active users, like, you know, it's how much are they using compared to how they used to, because obviously, you know, we still have a growing internet. Like, you know, part we kind of forget in the West is that half the world is still only developing the internet as such. And for a lot of those parts of the world, Facebook essentially is the internet, uh, which is unfortunate and quite worrying in other respects, but like, that's just the way it is. So you have that aspect, but also, you the AIDS profile, which has long been a concern, particularly in sort of, you know, in established markets for Facebook, let's say like, so not these developing or growing emerging ones, but the established markets for Facebook, your USA, your, your EU, your UK, Like you know, the age profile and the average daily use of of the of the mothership, so to speak, the Facebook platform itself, that's the one that's obviously you know got the internal concern because people just don't use it to the same extent they used to. Where it used to be the hub, like their home of the internet, and obviously with emerging markets and the like, there's a great potential that that'll eventually happen with that too. Like groups have obviously, for good and bad, helped Facebook in a commercial sense, but only to a certain point. So that's why, you know, Instagram is so important to them now. WhatsApp is so important to them now. And why, you know, they're obsessed with making Quest really, really powerful. And within that, uh, the metaverse beyond that, because they know they need to keep, I suppose, refreshing what they're doing and making sure the product line stays relevant to the consumers coming through.
2: Mm. One of the things I've been thinking about since the event on Thursday is, would Mark Zuckerberg use the creation or the rebrand to Meta would he use this as an opportunity to step away from the day to day running of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp and just focus on the metaverse project?
6: That's a very good question, which I hadn't thought of. But my immediate gut reaction is no, he's going to go full Jack Dorsey and try and do everything. Uh, you know, because obviously Dorsey runs both Square and Twitter, which is interesting as life choices go to run two uh, publicly traded companies, a CEO. Uh, Zuckerberg obviously would still be the one company, but I just don't see that, like, you know, his particular approach to power, I say his, it's kind of really very common in these, like, you know, tech uh, CEOs, especially founder CEOs, approaches Isn't that the idea of letting go of anything is very, very difficult. Like, you know, we're, we're both editors, Jess, so we you know you have to kill the baby, like some things just have to go away or you have to pass it on to somebody else. But, you know, they are different roles. And I think for Zuckerberg, that ownership of the whole, whole schmozzle is uh, something he really is passionate about. Like, he wants to bring instagram whatsapp facebook messenger more into the metaverse rather than you know seeing them as separate parts of things
2: yeah i just wonder will they be around by the time the metaverse gets here if he continues to be involved in a day-to-day running of it
6: oh that's a different debate entirely but i'm thinking what he wants to do and what he's willing to do are two different things like you know what he's going to be able to do i think he wants to stay in charge of everything as he continues running it because like you know, the Zuckerberg brand is pretty bad, Like you know, it's like uh, obviously, you know, amongst investors it's great because he makes us money, but in terms of sort of, you know, regulators and the likes and, uh, you know, the public at large there's definitely a trust issue with Mark Zuckerberg uh, you know, he's sort of seen as Facebook uh, you know, right or wrong as that may be, I'd probably lean towards right in that to be honest, and, you know when you have that and that person and this potential new, and I, cause I'm not convinced this metaverse thing is gonna work out by the way. Uh, and I'm normally the first to say, oh, we shouldn't say that's never gonna happen, but I've also watched a lot of Tom, Tomorrow's World in my life and an awful lot of that never happened too. So just because Facebook is the metaverse is gonna be a thing, doesn't mean I'm convinced it is. VR has been tried and uh, failed multiple times to, be, to to get on to get onto a big deal. Like I was I was still in primary school the first time it was a big deal, I recall. So. When I look at this and I look at that, I kind of go, can this guy do it? Like, yes, economically speaking, but on a general principle of just being able to execute it with all the other stuff going on, I find it very, very hard.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely one to watch. I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens over the next few months. As we heard earlier in the programme, Owen Odell said that legislation is on the way in a number of jurisdictions, which will absolutely alter how Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and the parent company now Meta function. Uh, Emmett Ryan, Technology Editor at the Business Post, thanks as always for joining us here on News Talk.
6: Thanks, Jess.
2: Coming up next here on News Talk, John Riley has news from PlayStation
1: tech talk, tech talk. on news talk
0: with one sonic high definition audio wireless earphones and headphones designed in ireland visit onesonic.com
4: tech
2: talk at newstalk.com is the email address as ever if you want to get in touch or you'll find me on twitter at jess kelly nt uh you may not want to acknowledge it but there is no denying in the world of tech that christmas is on the way product is coming out thick and fast people are being urged to shop early because of shortages and different brands are unveiling what they believe will be the next big thing uh, earlier this week PlayStation held yet another uh, state of the nation uh, event showcasing the next big gaming titles that are coming down the tracks John Riley the editor of the effect.net watched it for us and he joins us now uh, John how are you
0: great chess how are you
2: I'm good. Um, this is the, the the busiest time of year for people who work in the world of tech and reviewing tech, isn't it really?
0: Yes, it's just, as you said, it's an embarrassment of riches uh, to the point where it's kind of like a first world problem. We don't have enough time in the day to, to kind of to look after both, not only the tech, but then gaming. All the big titles are coming, and fast, you know, leading up to the Christmas window. And we can easily say that C word now because it is almost November. So, uh, it's, it's it's manic, but it's great and everybody wants our, our attention and our money and it's it's kind of it is it is a kind of a, a consumer's world because we can kind of pick what we want when we want and you know we're no longer at the behest of of kind of like the, the dribs and drabs that used to come out many years ago. And now you have the world is your oyster. So yeah, it's a busy time, but it's really good fun too.
2: Yeah, it really is. and we're gonna be starting the gift guides on the Packenny show on Tuesday. Uh, so we are gonna start with gifts under 60 euro and then over the coming weeks we will go up in terms of price brackets. But as John said, there there is just so much to talk through. Um, let's talk a little bit about gaming because um, I know people are still struggling to get their hands on different consoles. But that doesn't stop the manufacturers pushing out new games. Uh, tell us about PlayStation's state of play event that took place earlier in the week.
0: Yes, yeah, so there was a kind of probably what will be the last event coming from PlayStation uh, for this year. We had a play, a state of play event. Is that the, is the... name they've given these these live stream events on youtube or online um where they showcase some kind of videos of upcoming titles and kind of updates to current titles so it happened this wednesday at like 10 o'clock irish time in the night and it kind of was teed up to be more than it came than it turned out to be unfortunately because it was about 20 minutes long we got about 10 different game trailers and really Yeah, I saw a great tweet by Tom Warren. He's from The Verge uh, tech website. He said, the definition of uh, an event that should have been an email, Mm -hmm. um, or more so, a meeting that should have been an email. Because as I watched it, I was kind of going, okay, right. And then the next trailer played and I said, Right, okay, yeah, um, there was nothing that made me go, ah, ah, very nice, very good. So we got about 10 trailers, as I said, and th- I kind of listed out a, a few here that I think kind of some people might have interest in. But again, it was kind of more niche, slightly non-mainstream titles, more indie even um, for-, for gamers looking to play on their Playstations in the coming months.
2: Okay, so what are some of the ones that jumped out as being worthy of our time?
0: Well, there's a kind of a quirky one and it's going to fall in line with the likes of Fortnite or uh, PUBG or player unknown battleground um it's called death verse let it die and this is kind of like a bit of a quirky almost set back in the 1920s 1940s battle royale it will be coming to playstation plus and for your listeners that's kind of like a subscription service that playstation has every month you get a couple of free games as part of um, your, your subscription that lets you play online on playstation as well so it's like xbox game pass or xbox a gold, Xbox Live Gold. I probably had that wrong long way around. But anyways, it's a kind of a, an online multiplayer game, a battle royale, and it looks a bit quirky, a bit different. And as I said, PlayStation Plus members will get it for free. So we got a bit more information on that
2: okay um yeah yeah i'm kind of yeah. getting the uh,
0: yeah <laughs> okay the, that that trend is going to continue with these games but i guess you know it's people it, it was a, it was teed up to be big so i think just there is there is an audience out there for these titles and uh they're they're, they're kind of some. they're, you know, they're kind of a, a dedicated fan base is there for these okay what's next so we have Bug Snacks. So this was a launch title for the PS5 back in November of last year. And this is kind of a very quirky game. You're, you're kind of going around hunting these characters or these kind of Pokemon-like um, Uh, animals should i say that whatever they eat they become so if they eat strawberries they have strawberry arms and it's 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 as ridiculous as it sounds but anyways there's a big update coming to this title which again was a fan favorite with a kind of a niche audience called the isle of big snacks so basically there's going to be bigger characters or bigger kind of creatures in this game and you'll be able to customize them even more and again it's very pokemon-esque with a bit of a tongue-in-cheek narrative or kind of team running throughout and you know people of the original are going to love this and it's going to launch early 2022 and it'll be a free update for, the, for, for owners of the original title. So it's a nice little kind of add-on for these guys that they're going to be, a, you know, it's a bit of crack, really.
2: Does PlayStation have any big title coming for Christmas that we haven't spoken about or that I can't think of off the top of my head?
0: No, I think their big big show. I think Gran Turismo, the racing title, mm. was somewhat preliminarily held for this year, way back at the, the the announcement last year. But I think everything, because of COVID, unfortunately, has been pushed on um, into the the first three or four months of 2022. I think what their showpiece was meant to be this Christmas was provide, for by uh, for Horizon Forbidden West. Which is that kind of the the redheaded girl running around a kind of a post apocalyptic world after with with those like robotic tyrannosaurus rexes and robotic velociraptors, so it's like robot dinosaurs, uh, set in a pre pre po, or post apocalyptic future. Stunning, stunning game. Um, if, if any of your listeners are interested in it or are pro, probably well aware of it, it's called Forbidden or Forbidden Horizon, Forbidden West. God, I should remember. Um, but yeah, that's now pushed out to February of next year. So that really is the next big kind of flag tent pole title for for the PS5 and PS4
2: okay uh, other things on your list cart rider drift we've got a trailer for that
0: yeah, we got a trailer for this. It's kind of a very child-friendly, uh, uh, a poor man's Mario Kart, for want of a better term. Um, that'll be coming out early next year. No locked-in uh, release date, but it looks fun. Those cart rider games have been going for quite a while now, and this is the latest uh, installation called Cart Rider Drift. Again, you know, easy, easy to pick up, family game, a racing game that is a Mario Kart, and PlayStation is in dire need of those type of titles as well. So this could be a nice one for families.
2: Okay, and then the last thing that they showcased was Little Devil Inside, another trailer.
0: Yeah, so this kind of was teed up uh, earlier on in the year and this kind of really did create a bit of a buzz online when it was first announced and we've got a bit more of a comprehensive look at the, how the game would play out and it's it's quirky. It's almost like um, a miniature, how would you say, you're looking down on top of a playboard and you're controlling characters, moving them around. Uh, it's it, I guess your listeners, it's hard to describe somewhat uh, in audio form, so if your listeners are interested, have a look for Little Devil inside the gameplay trailer. It looks really pretty. It's really polished looking and each of the characters look like, actual little figurines almost that you're kind of interacting with in real time. Um, Very kind of, tongue in not tongue-in-cheek, but like not cutesy uh, colourful, but kind of a bit more edgy colourful. Again, hard to explain, but probably one of the kind of the more, again, more popular kind of reveals of Wednesday's event and one that I'm actually interested in myself just given its kind of, its art style and kind of narrative direction. So yeah, it looks good. It looks like one of the kind of the the standouts from the event.
2: Okay, we will definitely check that one out. Um, Do we have Halo News?
0: We do, thankfully. So just Monday gone, uh, the bank holiday Monday here in Ireland, we had Halo Infinite, or the guys behind Halo, Halo Infinite, 343 is the studio that is working on Halo at the moment for Xbox, and they launched, finally, a campaign trailer because... In the last couple of months, gamers on Xbox and PC have been lucky enough to play the the multiplayer side of Halo Infinite, and they've had rave reviews. It's actually been a really good success story. I played it a bit myself and really loved it. It kind of harkens back to the original Xbox or Halo games on the first Xbox and the Xbox 360. So now we've got a lot more of a a breakdown of what the the campaign trailer will look like for this new title um, coming out on December 3rd, and people are getting very, very excited because Halo... You know, one of the biggest franchises in gaming, and it'll be its twentieth anniversary. Um, this it, yeah, it'll be the twentieth anniversary this December um, or this year for for the for the franchise. So yeah, it's a, it's a big it's a big deal.
2: Okay, very excited about that one. And I suppose yeah. it is good to see that those titles are still doing the rounds. They're still exciting, and that's what I mean when I say earlier on about you know having that hype. Obviously, it doesn't have to be legacy titles, but I do yeah. think things like this that promise a bit of excitement.
0: Yeah, like you know, it's you 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 asked there about PlayStation having a kind of a, a flagship title this Christmas, and unfortunately they don't really, but they kind of had that last Christmas when the console launched with the likes of Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Now this Christmas is really Xbox's Christmas. They have Halo Infinite, which was meant to come out last year with the with the release of the Xbox Series X and S, but was delayed a whole year. But now it's this, this Christmas, it's time to shine, and our our absolute favorite racing game, Forza Horizon Five, is due out just on the 9th of November, so very soon. I'm expecting my code uh, in the next couple of days actually so hopefully i'll be getting stuck into that soon and we can talk about that and what we think set in mexico uh, an exclusive for the console and on pc also and it's going to be jaw-droppingly beautiful from the trailers we've all seen so yeah between that age of empires is just releasing as we speak um, age of empires 4 if i'm correct halo infinite and forza horizon 5 three massive kind of franchise titles that are going to kind of really give microsoft the christmas they deserve this year
2: Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, we will be doing a gaming gift guide. So if you do have any questions, if you're looking for a recommendation for a gamer in your life or for yourself, if you're just starting out or are returning to gaming after some time, Talk at newstalk.com is the email address and I'm sure John will do his best to oblige. Um, John, before I let you go, I flagged it at the top of the show, the Google Pixel 6 and 6 Pro, they're here at long last. And they didn't disappoint me. What were your first impressions?
0: Yeah, I've I've been a Pixel fan ever since the the beginning and, you know, Google officially announced these back in August, which is a bit um, unheard of because I think they were sick of the leaks. So they said they'd beat everyone to it and kind of semi-announced them back on August 2nd, I think. But finally, back on October 19th, they had their proper full official press release or press conference should i say online showing off the bells and whistles of these devices and i i have been playing with the pixel 6 pro for about 2 weeks now and my full review is on the effect.net if anyone's interested and i'm a, am a huge fan look i fall in love with this phone more and every day because it's just so smart i my review is the smarter smartphone because we all have been using smartphones for 10 however many years now um and this you know this google phone with its first ever google tensor chip basically a chip that Google has developed themselves in-house to put exclusively in these new Pixel 6 and 6 Pro phones can can do all the camera trickery we've come to know about the Google Pixel phones at a breakneck pace and even new features like Magic Eraser. I don't know if you've seen it. You've obviously played with the phone yourself. It's the best party trick ever. And, you know, the the, the likes of Adrian Workler in the the Irish Independent, I saw him tweeting about it and it kind of blowing up that you can just instantly remove people from from photos with the top of a finger. And, you know, even when I'm showing it to, to colleagues and friends, they're like, oh, my God, that's 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 incredibly, you know, impressive and it just shows you the power of this new chip and along with many other things that the phone like instant translations it can do dictation so you can talk to your phone as if i'm talking to you and it captures it all instantaneously and a lot of other kind of cool little ai tricks on top of a much improved camera kind of setup on the back because the pixels have been using the same camera for a couple of years now so finally we've got a proper boost in kind of hardware credentials in the camera de- department so we've got a, a four times optical we have got you know a larger main sensor and even a kind of a much improved wide angle lens so yeah this phone is out since the 24 28th of october so brand new to the market in ireland and yeah as i said it's it's an absolute you know steal for for, for people that are looking to get in on the pixel line coming in at just six 649 euro for the pixel six
2: yeah, it is incredible. We are going to have our full review on the Pat Kenny Show on Tuesday. Or you can read John's uh, first impressions of the device on the effect.net. Um, do we think that this could be one of the phones of the year? This is the way I'm thinking now at the moment. We're kind of getting towards the end of the year. There's been a lot of new devices this year. The Pixel does kind of put it up to some of the bigger brands.
0: Yeah, look, it's come in late. Uh, you know, we're at the end of October and you know, Samsung has had their S21 line out since January, February, I think. And then we've we've had Oppo has entered the Irish market properly with its flagship. We've had OnePlus with the OnePlus 9 and 9 Pro. But I just, I try and think of this phone as if it wasn't made by Google because I'm a big Google fan. So I'm just trying to think if this was an Oppo handset or if this was a Samsung handset, would I be as much of a fan? And I think I would because it's just, it works so well. It's running the latest version of Android 12, which is one of the first phones in the world to kind of come with it fully installed. And like that in itself is a really user-friendly, customizable, intuitive um, operating system on top of of Android. So that in partnership with the new cameras, as I said, and the kind of the battery power the speed of the device the impressive display it's you know it's a beast of a screen it's 120 hertz you know really fast refresh rate just like the new iphone 12 13 pro uh devices so it really is standing toe to toe with the big guys and it's coming in at 899 for the pro model so the fact they're able to come in with these specs and undercut the big guys by at, at least 100 euro and then as i said the pixel 6 is 649 which is Unbelievable value, really, in the grand scheme of things. That Google have, you know, they've come in incredibly strong with these two new devices, and it'll be hard not to recommend them for people looking to pick up an Android phone um, that isn't an i or pick up a smartphone that isn't an iPhone, basically.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, John, uh, we got through quite a lot there. So, thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, if you do want more information and all of John's reviews and the entire uh, team as well at TheEffect.net, you can get them, believe it or not, at TheEffect.net. Uh, John, thanks so much for joining us here
0: on Talk. No worries. Cheers, Jess. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. On Newstalk. With OneSonic. High-definition audio wireless earphones and headphones designed in Ireland visit onesonic.com. Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is
2: Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Refurbished technology has grown in popularity in recent years as people become more environmentally aware. And of course, it has some perks for your pocket too. Refurb.ie is one of the retailers offering this service here in Ireland. And Peter Windischoffer is the founder who joins me now. Peter, welcome back to the show. Uh, Remind us of what you do and how you do it.
5: Sure, absolutely. So we are selling refurbished electronics, these are phones, laptops, tablets that are completely renewed, they look like new, function like new, Um, and as a customer you save a lot of money, uh, around 40%. On top of that, you get at least a year of warranty, so there's really no risk involved. And of course, it's the green choice, right, it's very good for the environment to reuse the devices. uh, And that's why we as a company are actually climate positive.
2: What does climate positive mean?
5: That means that we, when we sell the products, we already save around 70% of CO2 compared to a new product, right? That means we don't have to produce all the components again, but we're actually reusing the components and the products. So we save a lot of CO2 on top of that and uh, we're actually planting a tree for every product that we're selling. So it means we already planted more than a million trees. And so that means we're climate positive because we actually do so much good for the environment that It means the more products we're selling, the better it is for our climate.
2: Well, that is good to hear. Um, In terms of getting the refurbished products, getting the products that you then refurbish so that they function 100% as new, where do they come from?
5: Yeah, they come from all sorts of of, of places. The, The most important one for us is actually company phones and company laptops that are used for like two, three years. But then contractually, the companies are buying new stuff every two to three years, and then um, we, for example, get um, the used electronics and then have them refurbished through our partner network, because we have a network of more than 100 partners across Europe, where we have the best specialists for each of these devices, and they are then reused and renewed.
2: Does that mean then that you don't necessarily know what stock you're going to have in two months' time? Are you very much waiting for products uh, or companies to upgrade their products, or do you get some form of forecast so that you know what you'll have when?
5: Yeah, we typically have a very good idea of what's uh, going to happen. We don't know it exactly, you know, to down to the uh, to the exact number. However, we always know. Uh, the flows in the market, and we can estimate that very well. So we always know how much product we're going to have, for example, in November or December. Uh, So for example, for the Christmas sales, we know that we have uh, a lot of product coming in, and we also know that we have a lot of product to actually um, be able to sell that to our customers so that they have the great Christmas presents.
2: Um, we the last time we spoke refurb.ie had just launched So that was the, the site for those of us here in Ireland to buy these refurbished products. Are the products stored here in Ireland or when someone places an order does it come from your HQ?
5: It depends a bit. We have um, our partners that are selling the products we have them all around Europe. We also have some in, in Ireland so depending on the product type uh, it might be coming from the, the Ireland directly or it might come from uh, example for example germany or the netherlands um, in any case shipping is usually very fast um, and the quality is always great on every product that we are selling anyways um, and we're trying to build out our network in ireland to provide more uh, local options for the irish consumer um, but what we saw so far is that um, the irish consumer is also very happy to get the products from for example uh, Germany, netherlands and they're very very happy with the quality and um, the speed of delivery
2: I, um, a number of products are on the way into us here in News Talk for review, but one of the products that's already arrived in is a refurbished iPhone 12. And I was struck by a few things when it landed in. Firstly, it was in its original packaging, which I know you can't guarantee all the time, but sometimes it does come in in its original packaging. Um, and I put it up against my own iPhone 12, and I couldn't see an element of difference. Everything, the cable was in the box, the little booklet was in the box. How do you go about ensuring that high standard? Does everything have to meet a certain threshold to to be sold through refurb.ie?
5: Yeah, exactly. That's extremely important for us, right? Customer happiness is everything for us. We want to make the customer as happy as possible. And for that, even the small things like the packaging are important, right? As you said, it's not always guaranteed that this is your original packaging. But if it's not the original one, it should still be something that is, is really great and makes the customer happy at the end of the day. And for that, we set very high standards, which means we uh, only have products sold on the marketplace that go through the standardization process where we really make sure that the customer at the end of the day always has a great experience.
2: Some of the other products I've been looking at, just in recent days, um, particularly in the wake of the MacBook event from Apple, was a number of the laptops that you have on refurbed. And you do have MacBooks of all varying specs, all varying generations for considerably less. But one of the concerns I would have, I suppose, when it comes to something like a MacBook, particularly if you buy, say, a 2017 version, is that it would go the distance. You know, it it would last a long period of time because even though it is cheaper than buying a new one, it's still a few hundred quid. It's still a decent amount of money. So, uh, you know, what's the lifespan on a a refurbished MacBook 2017, a MacBook Pro 2017?
5: Yeah, but the the good thing about these MacBooks is that although they might be from 2017, they're still super fast. The battery is still... So this would still hold for like several years right also, what we usually see is that they can be used for another four or five years even if it's from 2017 for example right which is already four years old uh, we have customers who tell us hey you know their, their old macbook is from 2010 or 2013 or so so it's already seven eight years and that's sort of the lifespan we actually estimate for for macbooks um, and we've seen that our customers that bought something for example in in 2017 or 2018, are still using that device. Are still very happy with it.
2: And those products are all covered. Then, as you mentioned at the, uh, earlier in the show, by the one-year warranty. So, if something does go awry, you are covered for a year.
5: Exactly. We have at least one-year warranty for a lot of products. We also offer two years of warranty. So, if you want to have this extra layer of security, that's also possible. Um, and if you know anything happens in the period you can just reach out to a customer service and then um, get a replacement or get it fixed um, and don't have to pay anything for it uh, because that's that's what is covered by the warranty.
2: Do you accept products um, back from people? So for example, if somebody has an iPhone 10, uh, you know, do you take those phones back or do you just deal with companies at the moment?
5: Yeah, right now we started that, doing that in Austria and Germany to actually take back products from consumers. And we're going to launch it also in other markets, including Ireland, next year.
2: Okay, so this is... like My impression of this is that, you know, it it isn't just a tokenistic money-making business. You do seem very concerned and very eager to try and, I suppose, solve the issue of people having tech in their home that they're not using, or businesses that, as you said, have two-year contracts, and after that period the devices traditionally would you know, sit in a storage press or sit in a skip somewhere. You do seem to be actively trying to find solutions here.
5: No, absolutely. But the reason why we found this company is because ultimately we want to make the world a better place. And we want to help people consume in a sustainable way. Because we all know we're going to, we have to buy electronics, Right? we have to use them. It's not that we cannot use them anymore. But we have to find a way to actually make this sustainable and refurbish products are the best way to do that, right? You can buy a product which is, has very limited effects on the environment. And so through through refurb, you can actually buy something with a good conscience, because you're not making you know the world <laughs> worse in any sense, but actually actively helping making it better. And that's the reason why we founded the company. That's also the reason why we are so successful in so many countries in, in Europe, because people all around Europe want to do something good for the environment and we make it very easy for them.
2: Do you think that attitudes are changing? Because I think, you know, previously the the attitudes towards second hand, and I say that sort of in quotation marks, uh, products would have been looked upon with a bit of scepticism. But I suppose companies like yourself, we also have Mintplus.ie here in Ireland, we've got Back From The Future here in Ireland, like having reputable companies that refurbish the products to the highest standard means people can buy with confidence.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, there are two elements. One, what you already said, it's that the quality is so high that people are really proud of having the, having the device. And the second one is people want to do something good in their lives, right? They want to take the right decision. And refurbished products are the right decision from an environmental point of view. And this is another thing that make people really proud. And what we see actually is that our, you know, our best marketing tool that we have is word of mouth. People talking about us because they like that they did something good that did, you know, took the right choice. And they're talking about it, this is something that is very different to maybe five or 10 years ago, where people would have never, you know, dared to tell anybody that they bought a used product. Now they're actually super happy about telling people, hey, I bought a refurbished product, it looks like new, it works like new, I saved a lot of money. And on top of that, it's actually good for the environment. And that's something that changed quite drastically.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, the website is refurb.ie. We will have a review of one of the refurbished MacBooks and uh, the ref- refurbished iPhone 12 on the Pat Kenny Show in the coming weeks. But for the moment, Peter from Refurb, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk.
5: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
2: And that is all we have time for this week. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back in full on the Newstalk app powered by Go Loud. I'll be back with Shane and Kira on Newstalk Breakfast on Monday morning. In the meantime, if you do want to get in touch, you can email techtalk at newstalk.com. John Friday's up next. I'll chat to you next week.